0: This is Johnny Silverhand. You're listening to Full Metal RPG. Welcome to Full Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill. And uh we're doing this on Hol- we're 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 doing a show on Halloween and we decided von, uh, von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft was a good uh, good uh, uh review to do this month of October. See oh, our yeah. pre- see our previous episode. Oh, you've got the ugly cover. We'll go we'll get
1: to the <laughs> oh, gorgeous.
0: Oh gosh, that's such an ugly cover. Uh it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh I am joined by the most studious wizard I have ever met, mm-hmm. Ashley. How are you doing? I Ashley? am
1: so studious that I can talk without moving at all. I am <laughs> actually. To... A vitriloquist, I'm vitriloquist, yes. her from afar. <laughs> yes, I've been. I've I've said this before in the pre-show, but um, I've been reading a lot of dress and Files, and I know that wizards do not do well around technology, or I guess technology doesn't do well around wizards. So. Um so to, I'm to some, them both. Sometimes <laughs> to his
0: advantage and sometimes to his disadvantage. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh we got uh Jess. Jess is Ashley's friend. We didn't really uh, say that in any other episodes. So uh yeah, they're, yeah. they're commune mates. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh Jess, how you doing this even, or this afternoon?
2: <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm excited to to finally talk about um, Ravenloft because I've been DMing Strahd for uh, like a year and a half at least now. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to, to talk about how this can affect that and dive into this world. So
0: Excellent, excellent. And we have one of my oldest friends back again, Deep dr- deep Drive OG fourth grade homie, Paul, with us today, tonight. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, how's it going? A time period. <laughs> We've been playing role-playing games. Role- playing games together for something like almost 25 years, (laughs) something like, yeah. yeah. Uh, So yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Von Richten's guide to Ravenloft and try to get into the book as a, as a whole. Uh, We did uh, the domain creation last time uh, and we used this book as a guide. And I don't think we, I kind of announced when we went to the book, we just kind of used it as a, uh, an outline And just were, like, throwing the titles of the outline. And we all knew that, but I don't think the audience quite did. So, um, so, uh, let's, we'll start at the beginning where they kind of lay out their vision of Ravenloft and maybe some, like, guidelines. So, um, what does everybody think about kind of like the chapter one, kind of like them laying out kind of. You know, bringing the mists, making them more expansive, talking a little bit about the dark powers, you know.
2: Yeah, we're talking about the introduction. Yes, the Uh, introduction. Yeah. Um, The introduction. So the reason I wanted this book is because, like I said, I've been DMing Strahd for uh, about a year and a half now. And uh, I had so many questions. (laughs) Uh, about how the domains work, specifically, it's like specific mechanics and things that I wanted to play with, but I didn't want to break anything. Um, so I wanted to to learn more about uh, the the specific mechanics of how these domains are put together. And the one thing I I found that I found the answer I was looking for, but not in the way I thought I would. Um, the introduction talks about how the land of mists is. There's a whole section on nightmare logic. And basically the conclusion is it doesn't make sense because it's a nightmare and it doesn't have
1: to. (laughs) YOLO, do what you want. I'm like, great. (laughs) I don't
2: have to make it follow the rules.
1: Not YOLO because they don't die. They They don't ever die.
0: Well, it depends on where you're at and who you're talking about. Because there's some places you can't die. There are some places that you places. you die. Yeah. Everyone is dead. There are some places yeah. where you got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I was just speaking of the the yeah. the kind of metaphysics of as as a whole is like do whatever you want because it's yeah. there's <laughs> it's your <Nothing> show. <laughs>
2: yeah. <Yep. laughs> I
3: like that they give you some guidance on what to do with it without firming everything down if you know what I mean they like they yeah. leave space for you to be creative that's always that's that's always one of the criticisms that I found with like the world of darkness settings is like you know exact like exactly what everybody's doing like oh well it was is clearly a sabbat city that was you know this they they establish the dreadlords they you know they establish the tone of the setting but they give you some Space to work, and I, I like that.
1: It's yeah. a very just like general playground, and you can do what you want in it. They're not setting up your activities for you. I really like that. Yeah, the- I,
0: I feel like that's a good encapsulation of everything. Is like they've actually left space blank spaces on the map, and just kind of like let mm-hmm. you for any of them. Go ahead, Jess. Sorry.
2: No, that's okay. Um I another uh, little bit I wrote down was that. I like that they they highlight and specify that the Dark Lord's position, because every domain is ruled by a Dark Lord for those who don't aren't familiar with them. Um, the Dark Lord's position and power stem from their deeds, not their game statistics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I and, thought that was really cool just to kind of set the tone how it's not always something big and scary and powerful that is terrifying.
0: I mean, it definitely is sometimes, but the, something we missed when we were doing our domain is... It definitely says that there are stats for the for the domain, the Dark Lords, like they say what they are. And then you're supposed to either look at the the monster's manual or the back, the uh, chapter five of this book to look for stats. But indeed, it does mention like this doesn't really matter. (laughs) What matters is the story. And that's a refreshing change from a lot of other Dungeons and Dragons books for sure.
1: And it does say at one point in there, like, don't always just make the Dark Lord the big bad evil guy. You know, like, that's not the point of this is not to meet the Dark Lord and defeat them or whatever. Like, it just is like Paul was saying, it's just a big playground that you can you can play in and it leaves space for you to do that. The Dark Lord is just the ruler of it doesn't mean that they're the biggest, baddest thing in there, which is almost worse. Because there might be something that even the Dark Lord is afraid of in there that you'll have to go up against
0: well there definitely was there's definitely that uh the witch in uh curse of strahd that is i'm fairly
2: certain Which one
0: the <laughs> the one in the hut that's kind of lay off in the marsh got it uh that is definitely like way more powerful <laughs> as far as i can tell like at least she killed my wizard uh when we were playing because we just like strode mm-hmm. off the map and uh we didn't have anything, you know, there was no reason for her to not kill us, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, close your ears for 15 seconds, but uh, yeah, she is terrifying enough. I, I believe, I don't I don't remember if it's canon or uh, fan-made, but she was Strahd's nanny.
0: <laughs> I believe that's uh, uh, fan-made, but it, it's a pretty good... Uh...
2: <laughs> I'm using it, so. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, no, fair, yeah. fair enough, fair enough, um, but... Yeah, there are definitely things that are more powerful than the D- Dark Lord. But if you want to solve kind of the overarching story of the domain... And we sh- we're, we're going to be talking about domains a lot. so, uh, <laughs> But we kind of... The introduction, I think, lays out some good uh, uh, kind of helpful kind of guidelines for running Ravenloft. Like talking about safety tools and uh, other various... Um, uh, uh, kind of hints and tips and tricks and, and some in, you know, they've got some nice, uh, in world, uh, kind of notes that you can, you could use if you really wanted to, or just like, it just helps tell the tale of kind of this overall thing in the introduction. So. Mm. But then- I like
1: that it lays out what Raven loft is. So I, for example, have never played a, campaign or anything like that in ravenloft so i really liked that at the beginning if you've never been in ravenloft it's like here's a quick primer this is what the dark powers are or aren't or whatever um this is what dark lords are domains all of that so because i feel like and i may be wrong domains and domains of dread seem to be very uh specific to kind of ravenloft in this genre yeah like i don't remember reading about They have, well, no, like my cleric is in the travel domain, but that feels different than this,
3: you know? I think that's definitely, I think that's a different use of the word domain.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh
0: uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, domains, yeah, it very much is a word they're using for this, which is also Mm -hmm. used for spell domains in the cleric
1: uh, divine
0: genre of magic. Mm -hmm. But you could also look at this as kind of the way that, uh, there's a, there's a old, uh, planescape was an old, like, and they mm-hmm. called them planes or domains there. So it's sort of using that same, like, these are modules you could use. They're called domains. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a, a domain of influence, I guess would be the, the yeah definition, but, uh, yeah.
2: well, now I want to make a domain that's based on cleric domains but
1: terrifying.
2: <laughs> like what would the the horror version of the domain the of travel look
1: like? Um, those dreams that you have where you fly really high and you <laughs> start to just like free fall, things like that. I think yeah, where you accidentally I, fly too high, you can't help how high you're flying. I think, I think, you, think you just go to kind of
0: the of I think you just go to the airport.
1: You right. just go to the airport <laughs> you and
0: you're in an ever-ending mm-hmm. security line uh, mm-hmm. that just kind of snakes. And when you just about think you're gonna get there. And then you like go around a corner and then you, you're like another whole maze of things. And then Mm -hmm. the TSA agents are the, the uh, minions of the domain Lord that is Mm -hmm. just a voice on the speaker overhead.
3: Mm -hmm. If you're doing that, then like clearly your travel domain is the guy that committed horrific acts because he wanted to travel and see the world. And now he's stuck business travel going from airport to (laughs) area to airport to Marriott. He's traveling, Mm -hmm. he's not enjoying
1: any of it. Yeah. Yep. I think,
0: like it. I think you could see a bit of this in uh, Fight Club during the travel segment in Fight Club. Yes. is probably good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Normally, the Ravenloft remains their personal hells for the Dreadlord, right? Right. right. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the poor sops who get s- swept up in Continent. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the thing about the characters are supposed to be kind of this... When you when you bring the player characters in, they're supposed to be brought in for a reason. Mm-hmm. That that there's a story reason that they're there, and maybe the dark powers, which is kind of like the, what they call the the entities behind the domains of mist or Ravenloft. Uh, they have chosen these people for a very specific reasons to do a do things in this area. They sort of, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's uh very uh. I really like that. And that kind of plays into how you would create your custom domains uh, later okay. on.
3: Mm-hmm. We talk about it too. I think it's in the introduction where the PCs are the exception of the rule. They're like, they're awake where everyone else is dreaming. Like every, yes. you know, everyone else is like, well, the person was mauled horribly by the monster, but what are you going to do?
2: Everyone else but rationalizes it. it. Yeah. We live in the shadow
3: of Castle and Ravenloft and it's horrible, but where else would we live? This is where we're going to, why don't you leave? No, we're staying here. Like, this is where we're going to stay. Don't be ridiculous. Whereas it's
2: that nightmare logic again.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it like plays into the fact that you can actually play characters from Ravenloft domains. So like you right. can be from one of these domains and a lot of the domains have like a, a, a block of text that kind of give you questions you should answer. So, you know, more about the domain, but also kind of are part from there. Right. And they are the, I think they're called the awakened or something like that, which is basically what you're saying. But, uh, but yeah, now that we're getting into character creation, you know, the chapter one here, uh, I think that's the segue yeah (laughs) smooth as butter and with all podcasts any smooth as butter pot it must be called out as a uh, (laughs) as a thing so as to not be smooth as butter um but yeah i i think you you get um the haunted heroes lineages dark gifts and subclass options and backgrounds and some trinkets uh i love the
2: trinkets table (laughs) well
0: the interesting thing is the, the one thing I saw that it's really, it's very evocative, the trinket table, but the, the fact that if you roll a hundred, you basically get like an artifact because that, that it's described, it's basically the medallion. That's the, uh, uh, Ravenloft, uh, mist, uh, necklace that you can actually go from one domain to another with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought that was kind of uh, interesting because at least it's described like that. And whether it is or not is probably up to whoever is going to run this. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting um, little tokens and trinkets.
2: I like how it gives the players, um, and, and again, this is a DM manual. It's not meant for, play- for players, but there are some tips that you could share with your players specifically about uh, how to build a character who is ready to be scared, create a character prepared to be frightened. And how do they react? Think about what they do in times of stress and what their fears are. So you can best interact and create stories in a horror setting.
1: And I like that they specify that it should be the character that's scared, not the player. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the first half of this, but, uh, If you're the type of person that you're like, I want to be scared when I play this, cool, find a table that that's the vibe. But the default should be this is supposed to be terrifying for the characters and play your characters as such. Not necessarily I want to go home and, you know, sit in a very brightly lit room for the next day and a half because I'm terrified about what's going to be coming up from my backyard or whatever.
0: Yeah, and and there's a lot of emphasis on uh, the tools to do that for mm-hmm. you know the G because it is it is very much a, a a dungeon master's book, but it's fun. like the first couple of chapters or the first you know the intro and the player's options is you know that that can be fun for a player to read. Um, whether or not they get to use it is all up, up as always, up to the dungeon master, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is the one privilege I will contend that in a traditional game the dungeon master should can should flex at will because uh, you can having the players take any uh, character option they want can sometimes ruin an entire idea <laughs> story idea by just having the wrong kind of uh, characters. Uh, interacting with it in your plan yeah. um, so we've got the um, kind of like telling us a little bit about yeah how to make you know haunted heroes and then we get into lineages which is now what they're calling the uh, 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 racial uh, attributes now because if you well, have you haven't seen since last year <laughs> a it doesn't make any and, and you these are templates to lay over other lineages as well. Oh, so great. um
2: Yeah, these are specifically like things you might catch. <laughs> like like Dompier. Uh Dampier is one of them. Hex blood. Uh you're influenced by by Hags and and um what was the other one? Reborn. That one I loved. Yeah, the okay. Reborn was really cool. Yeah. What's well, interesting? Yeah.
3: Uh, and Eye's friend uh, Dan Nolan played a character that essentially—it was 2e long before this was printed, obviously—but mm-hmm. essentially did that. He wanted to play an undead with no like special powers. He just wanted to be undead, which was her. I was like, "Oh, you know, yeah." Got a yeah. little, it's like perfect here for it. You mm-hmm. get a couple little powers, but nothing too crazy, and.
1: Yeah, yep. reading through this, I really want to build a reborn character cuz there's so much you can do with that. Like that is just so open with what you could do. So that well, gave me they, a lot of ideas.
3: Like that they didn't like again pigeonhole it into a box of like Yeah. Oh, you're a reanimated corpse or you're right. you know, just like you were alive, you're dead and then you got better and now you've got this. Like <laughs> you know. Yep. You decide what that looked like.
0: Which yeah. which I could have pla- uh, laid over my character that was, uh, of course... Um, uh, the co- I could have laid over my character that I was recently playing in Brendan's Ravenloft game because, of course, he died and then came back. But instead, he got a dark gift, which is the next which is, section. It is. In, uh, <laughs> of age. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> i really like these these are these are a lot of fun these are so much fun i i had the uh shadow the shadow gift whatever the um shadow,
2: the shadow uh, living shadow
0: living shadow one and shadow. as as a rogue it was so much is
2: so,
0: <laughs> oh oh so beautiful so so beautiful because <laughs> being able to cast mage hand as a shadow hand as a rogue is, is that's, that's a lot of fun, but uh, Broken as fuck. <laughs> look, uh-huh. I did not abuse it. Okay. I could have totally <laughs> abused this uh-huh. gift, but I only used it to uh, when we were outmatched uh, a great deal. Wow. Uh, Ashley, I think your, your, your video off. might be working. I
2: might. Is have it? To- <laughs> yeah. It just started like three seconds ago. Really? Maybe it was the
0: hat. (laughs) Here. Anyway. um, (laughs) Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, it was your dark gift of taking your hat off, and I was going to
1: say wizard. I took the hat off, and now I'm just a cloaked (laughs) figure, and it's just like, okay, you're cool. So awesome. Well then, hi Uh,
0: everybody. Hi. Um, But uh, the uh, the I was able to use I used the shadow strike against the uh the well it was a, it was a kind of a scaled down vampire thing we were fighting and uh backstab it and crit but then only roll like 10 damage on 4 di- 4d6 so that was <laughs> a bit anticlimactic but it helped uh <laughs> but i like these a lot as the flavor and the uh the like um kind of like every one of them has an upside and a downside, like the shadow one, like it, you have a shadow that's following you around and like, kind of like you become kind of your shadow is independent. So of you and starts to like do creepy, sh-
2: Pan. <laughs> do creepy <laughs> shit
0: in the background, not just be weird and Peter Panish. ish. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool ones in here. Does, does anybody else have one that's like really, really enjoyed?
2: I'm just glad that they added more because um, I know that the dark gifts are something that the, at least the, the fan community kind of latched onto and then just went nuts with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it, it's, it's something that we've all been hungry for more of these dark gifts. And they came out with some of them for the, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the, the tales right now, the, 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 the equivalent of the Pathfinder society.
0: Right. The tales, um, tales, from the yawning cap uh, portal or whatever.
2: Yeah, the the little mini adventures that they publish for for continuous play, um, but they came out with some for that. Oh, Adventure League and Adventure League, yes. Um, so I'm I'm just glad to see more, and uh, it, it's it's something again that we we've GMs have tried to emulate and create more dark gifts to customize it for each character and. I'm glad to see more options and I want to see, I would like to see tools for creating dark gifts. That would be nice. Well, yeah. Say, like they
1: did with domains. What I'd say with
3: it is, is the increase in power. You definitely want to make sure that it, that the, the downside to it increases as well. Yep. Right. Like it that, that's the two things they have to be, in, have to be in balance with that of like, Really, they need, the, I think even better they're, when they're unbalanced. When yes. The downside is
2: yes. than the benefit to it. And you don't yeah. realize it until it's too late. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think probably one of the creepiest ones is the watchers. Yeah. Like where there's just like these creatures that are always in the background. They're, they're just always watching you. I mean, yeah. I think it's weird that you can control them. That's, <laughs> I, th- I feel like that's, uh, at a certain point, you can, like, se- send them out and beca- has an advantage on, like, a sh- search role or something like that. But, like, I find that slightly odd, but I, I really think they're probably one of the creepiest.
1: <laughs> Since my camera works now, I just want to show the artwork with this one. Right here, where um, this one says, she finds herself watched by the staring cats of Uldundar. <laughs>
2: Is so her video up like, or is she still a? Is is her video up or is she still a? No, No, still, she's she,
0: I can see okay. her yeah, video.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's on the stream. Yeah. Okay. I did
0: I took the I took the studio's picture of her off there and I put her back.
1: Yay! Hey. <laughs> we have yeah, a full Ashley her. now.
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's um that one I just love the the artwork on that because there's just these purple cats with all these eyeballs just staring at her. And anyone who has a cat knows that feeling. Mm-hmm. Because they just stare and at judged. walls, at you, at whatever. So I like that one. Yeah, um, I will.
0: I will say for the art because we've mentioned artwork now. I would have liked a little desaturation, or because because some of the artwork, I, I, I the representation is great. Uh, there's some good, evocative pieces in here, but I feel like the art is just a little too bright in places. Even that is,
1: yeah, that's just like your opinion, man. Like, yeah. and I know yeah. that that's <laughs> a big part of that is because of who you are and the type of stuff you like. I love this shit, like, mm-hmm. I, I've loved the direction the artwork is going in this. Um, but I know that, like, you're into the gritty cyberpunk type stuff, and I'm really not. Well, so, or yeah. it's
2: always dark and moody sometimes, it's bright and colorful, and then suddenly you're dead, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I I, I I get that, and there are indeed very creepy very bright movies um but i just do think that they 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 just a little just just to slide the saturation bar down just a little bit just. but I mean,
3: that's honestly, me i think it, i think at this point wizards has an art style that they do for all the books right like I, every picture in here i look at it's like okay this is a picture out of a dD book
0: yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. when did straw become purple, by the way did BT dubs? When did straw become purple? I
2: don't At Twilight.
0: Know. Oh, OK. All right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
3: yeah. Sparkling. So there's that, you know, it's probably about the same time. Madonna became British, you
2: know, I. Perpetual <laughs> Twilight.
0: <laughs> OK, I, I'm I'm just asking questions because I don't recall that in any picture he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so we got the dark gifts, uh, then we have the uh, uh, kind of subclass options. Um, the Bard. Got some
1: Colleges. Yeah. Yeah. We've the got Bard the College. college spirits.
0: I mean, I, I'm anti Bard. So anything I say is woefully uh, woefully uh, biased. biased. But, But I would have liked a little more rebuild on the... Because, like, the other stuff the bard gets, and then this doesn't... I don't think meshes as well, because there's a... This is a storyteller kind of bard. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the other stuff from a bard feel... Is very much, like, you know, in the song and dance direction. So, like, I know you can modify that stuff, but that that would be my only thing, is, like, if you're going to do this make it you know rewrite some of the other stuff you get before third level uh as a basically it would be a new class but as a storyteller class but it just uh,
2: has performance and storytelling is a performance
0: right but there's like the ins- inspirational you know like doing things inspirationally during combat as a storyteller would be really really difficult where it makes more sense if you're play if you're doing a song because that can be Inspirational within a few seconds, uh, where s- telling a story like it takes a little more time to get that sort of thing happening. Unless you've been at
1: uh, Daryl's storytelling party on Friday, <laughs> like if you see a really good storyteller, like it's I've always loved playing within, barbs within three that are seconds, more
0: Within three seconds, though. Six seconds. Six
1: seconds. <laughs> I love bards. So that's why I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I like the performance aspect of it. And I do like that. Um, like a lot of other things here, there are people who've been playing it this way for a while. Like I, I've i always liked doing the kind of storytelling type performance instead of I have a loot or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, so the fact that they have more storytelling stuff in here it just gives you more inspiration inspiration if you are the type of person who likes playing this type of character so I, I liked the college of spirits and i think it goes really well with the the reborn um from mm-hmm. earlier so like as i was reading through this i was like to do a reborn character that is a bard from the college of spirits like i was in my head just pulling all of this kind of along so yeah
2: Please bring that character when I run Witchlight. One hundred
1: percent. Yes. Yes.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Well, what's the point of having combat abilities in Witchlight? Anyways, never mind. Well, that's a whole nother show. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different problem. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, it it is different and evocative. I I will give it that. So.
1: I just like new ways to do things, and it's just kind of something that the traditional bard is one thing. This is a new spin on it, and I love that they're doing that. And making it an option.
2: Yeah. To to um your point earlier, the it, it's they're leaning more in the direction of storytelling than they have in the past, and this yeah. is part of that. As part of the role playing aspect and building stories, not necessarily just throwing stats at a wall.
0: Right. And i i will say as someone who has experienced some of this content uh with one of the domains uh that i think it still has that d d problem where as soon as the combat starts because it, there will be you know you you have some combat it's sort of like the story part of it sort of ends a little bit it's it's still it, it still has that problem that dual problem that d d has always had where Okay, now we're a grid, We're in grid-based territory, you know.
3: Well, I mean, I think they, I think they somewhat give you a roadmap for that with Castlevania, which is an excellent show on Netflix. Not the video. game. <laughs> video game's excellent, but
2: the not but sponsored.
3: The, <laughs> the, the, what is probably the best video game to cinema or television adaptation ever done. They've got the Castlevania series series i don't know what to call it these days it was originally just supposed to be a one and done It's the same thing they get it's like gritty evocative drama based and then it goes just completely bonkers when they start killing things like when the zombies (laughs) come over the wall Mm -hmm. it's 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 really i think probably the best model for some Ravenloft games anyway if that's the type of game you want to have right does. It's an F20 game. Like, it's definitely an F20 game if it's not a
0: roll <laughs> off game. <laughs> uh, F20 is the a lot of pe- shorthand for fantasy D20 kind of games. So Dungeon Dragons to 13th age. That's I know we get <laughs> comments sometimes that we don't <laughs> tell us what the shorthands are. Anyways, yes.
3: if, you're rolling, if you're rolling a D20 to do something and there's magic involved in it, you're probably playing an F20 game.
0: There you go. Yes um and then there's the uh warlock the undead which Mm -hmm. sounds like a really bad tv uh series warlock the undead uh (laughs) not that i wouldn't watch such a thing i'm just like i would watch
1: the shit out of that so
0: (laughs) i probably watch the first episode and go that's not for me and then
1: uh... (laughs) Mm -hmm. i
3: think it makes sense if you're going to do you're going to do a Ravenloft campaign setting and you're in a game where there are warlocks There are people that are bound to powerful creatures to get magic that you have something to be bound to undead. Yeah. Uh, look, this is, it's a warlock. So they're going to spend 99% of their actions casting Eldritch Blast. still.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, which is part of the thing. One of the, the kind of disjointed parts of Ravenloft has always been like, well, how do I do divine magic in a domain that's cut off from everything. But there's like, basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of accepted that you can still do those things, right? It's sort of like sometimes, sometimes with with nightmare logic, you you know, but it's it's sort of still accepted that you can do those. So if you're doing something, this makes more sense, because it can be more connected to a domain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a Ravenloft domain. So I think that's sort of uh, a good, uh, good middle ground, I guess. So.
1: I think mixing this with some of the stuff that they had in Tasha's, because we did our deep dive on Tasha's before this one, um, they had a lot of stuff that was for, like, um, patrons, and they had a lot of ideas in there that I think would play well with this also.
2: Yeah, and I always thought of divine magic and, and other forms of, of uh, external magic uh, as as coming through the domains is like, through a filter. Like, it still comes mm-hmm. through, it's just... Not as strong, right? But But you you have to
0: have to have to describe it and maybe alter it slightly depending on the situation, which
2: I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
3: And and remember, the whole thing is supposed to be set up by the dark powers, and it's all supposed to be a hell. And to quote Neil Gaiman poorly, I'm sure, like, (laughs) "What's the power of hell? What's the power of hell without the hope of heaven?" Right. Yeah, you got, the, you got the you got the PC cleric or whatever that can do all this stuff. Right? Ultimately, yeah. like how effective is it at bringing about change in this like horrible place? Right. My
2: paladin's fine steed is uh, it has no stomach. It has no intestines or or, or organs. It's just empty down there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's one of the things I liked at the beginning too. Was kind of setting the mood for the DM because there's a lot of DM stuff in here. Was. Uh, Making sure there's still a glimmer of hope, because I think that it's it makes the horror game a lot more effective if you have hope, because then you can take it away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's something that keeps them going, but are they ever going to get there or not? You know, so, yeah.
0: Speaking of, of uh, you know, things that keep you going, uh, the backgrounds Next, there's some interesting uh, new ones. I like the kind of the haunted background, the survival background.
2: The haunted uh, one was in Strahd.
0: Is in Strahd? Okay. What's well, well, it's good? That it's been collected here as well because it I, has. Yes. This, this yeah. will be much. This is much easier to like hand out versus some. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you want to run a haunted campaign without running Strahd, then this is where you find it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, there's like the survivor one that I think. It, mm-hmm. the like some of the um the background abilities are it, it is a little different it's like the the all the MP- npcs will help you more readily with like one of these backgrounds which is kind of an interesting um kind of like they can see the pain in your eyes and unless you're being a threatening threatening them they're more likely to help you so it's like almost like a shift in the uh, reaction table if we still had those sort of things mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah they've got some general background features that you can throw into whatever like the spirit medium would go well with my unborn bard college of spirits i think that'd be fun but yeah them. Yeah. So, they, and then they have like the horror characteristics, and I like I do like how many charts there are on here because if you want to just roll a character up instead of really putting a lot of thought into it, like we're about to run a campaign where we have to build five characters before we start because they're all gonna die, you know. So something like this helps because just roll it up and go with it instead of you know are putting are you, your heart and soul into a character.
0: Are you playing DCC?
1: Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well. Yeah.
0: Not necessarily all of them are going to die, but
1: <laughs> the way Our we're playing it, probably.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, and then we get to the trinkets uh, and we've t- kind of talked about that already, but it is, yeah. you know, it, it's every single one is a, is a different thing, which is nice to see, because a lot of these kind of charts can end up being like, well, if you yeah. get one of the in these five numbers you might as well roll a d20 instead of a d100 but like it is nice that they have a lot here so not everybody has the same uh pixie finger in a jar or whatever
2: and you can build encounters out of all of these which is great
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah
0: i will i will say that pretty much everything in here is evocative enough that you could use one entry on a table to use it to create something whether it's a full session or not, that's a different thing. But at least a part, a piece of a session, could come from pretty much any of these tables in this in this book, even. So yeah,
1: the book definitely um, encourages creativity and taking things. So I like it.
0: And then uh, we, so what are our th- – so the next is the chapter about creating dra- domains. For yourself, custom domain. So what kind of our thoughts, because we went through this last time, but kind of like, what are what are our thoughts about how well this works um, and stuff I like that? I
1: loved it because as someone who's never done it, reading through this, I felt very much like it leads you through the steps to do it, but still leaves room for you to be creative about it. So I feel like with this, with this, I could easily do it. Even having never done it before, I would feel very comfortable doing it. So I, as someone who is an outsider, I, I liked it. I like that it has you,
2: uh, that it suggests uh, building the domains around your characters because that's a starting point. Because that's, sometimes that's the hardest thing for me coming up with things as a DM is where do I start? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can hang it on something concrete that somebody else made for you, you didn't have to do it, uh, then it, it's it's a great jumping off point and it provides you all the tools to take it those through those steps after that.
1: It's good. Like training wheels is how I kind of saw it it's like, it gets you started and helps you along the way, but you still are the one doing it. So I like that.
3: I also think it's nice because it, get you into that headspace of mm-hmm. like what the whole campaign setting is supposed to be about, right? About there's these horrible people and they're being punished in this setting in their own little hell, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I really like that they yeah, that they said, you know, make make this off of um make this off of your characters. Like I'm much more likely to do this chapter than any of the domains that follow. Uh, because the it, basing it off of the characters is just so much more of what I do when I'm doing any of the indie games that I like to run or where I've picked up a lot of that stuff from apocalypse world and other things. So that, and it does kind of continue this trend in, uh, the dungeons and dragons late newer dungeons and dragons books that they have, uh, they have something in here that it, it gives you a little more like constructing your own thing based on yeah. story mm-hmm. reasons. And I, I I have think, you know, because there were some of these books where I'm like, like Salt Marsh I think, is the one example I think is like literally maybe the worst. Uh, it's sort of like it's just super crunchy. There's no space in it. And it just. But this is like almost the complete opposite. Like there's lots of space; you can do whatever you want. You could customize these domains that come next the same way uh, by altering the 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 Dark Lord and some of the places. You could do the alterations, but it kind of help. It would help you uh, do that uh, by kind of following the template. I I suspect this this template was probably the document that they gave to people that weren't just rewriting old ones. Because a lot of these domains are rewriting some of the old domains from second E,
2: Darkon, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
0: um, which are cool. Uh, but uh, speaking of these, the vast majority of this book, which we're we have very little time to cover, which is these pre-prepared domains. So, does anybody have any of these domains that are like they're really, really like? Oh my God, these are this is this is the one I would run kind of domain the carnival.
3: Love the carnival one I would definitely I'd probably tweak it a little bit but I love <laughs> the little idea of the roaming domain and also if you've never seen the tv show carnival like
0: well yeah mm-hmm. c- carnival yeah, is amazing that. but <laughs> 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 I still have ptsd from living in the midwest in the 90s but that's a different juggalo problem so uh, <laughs>
2: I actually, I, I liked, uh, so Barovia is in here. Strahd's domain is in here. Right. And I like that instead of just kind of summarizing it and dropping it into a book for, you know, extra cash, they, they have several pages on how to make it a repeatable new adventure for people who aren't running the full Strahd campaign. So if you want to bring your characters into Barovia without doing, you know, the, the full 1 to 10 or 1 to 15 level, uh, campaign, then, then these are different ways that you can recycle it because again, feeding into these domains are endless and they're just cycles and the same, th- the same horrors keep happening over and over. These are the different iterations of what that might look like and how you can pull players and, and characters into it. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah. And, uh, just kind of going back ever so slightly is they kind of give you a little bit of a overall kind of, um, these are things that are vaguely true in most of these places this is kind of how it works before you get into the pre-made domains uh which is nice uh that was uh, that was the a quest. yeah it, it, well it was the the genres but also just like this is magic generally works like this or mm-hmm. you know stuff like that but Actually, this was a question that kind of came up in our, the Ravenloft campaign. Is like, which direction does the sun come up? Because we're in a city and we're fighting vampires, and we kind of need to know where to drag the vampire out so it could get burned in the sun. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we were not strong enough to kill it. Uh
2: about so sun in Barovia. What are you talking about?
0: Well, this was in uh,
2: like
0: this, was, <laughs> this was in Hmm. <laughs> uh uh which is the um kind of like uh i feel like it's very like louisiana inspired um kind of gothic gothic swamp inspired domain that's fun um, so it's an
1: rice basically Anne rice wrote a domain. yeah yeah basically <laughs> it wasn't
0: quite that but it was pretty close i mean yeah
2: um, or the vampires extra angsty
0: uh, well we only met one that was kind of a trash vampire because we didn't we didn't we were only like level one level two so we didn't, <laughs> we didn't meet uh, the uh, the head of that uh, particular domain I, uh, and thank goodness because I think we would have been their their slaves so
2: <laughs> uh, touching on the genres one more time uh, before we move on I mm. did really enjoy. Uh, And this is kind of throughout the book, but I I spotted it several times in in the description of the genres. They zoom in on what makes each genre terrifying and what makes it different and unique. But down at the bottom, they also have, uh, like in the body horror uh, genre, they have a list of tropes. And then at the bottom, it says this genre has a history of portraying disability as monstrous. Be aware and avoid it. Or in cosmic horror, this genre has a history of framing marginalized demographics as monstrous and stigmatizing mental illness. Be aware and avoid those tropes. So they do that throughout the book, but I specifically noticed Mm -hmm. it in the genres uh, that don't.
1: Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. I love that they put that in there. Yeah. That was awesome.
0: I think, I think wizards has finally figured out that they need sensitivity readers. So <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: well, you can also tell by the people that wrote the book, like you've got a lot of indie game designers that are writing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you're getting a good bit of influence from that mm-hmm. it is long overdue and well needed. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really, really, uh, you know, shout out to those guys for actually trying to clean up their act and uh, doing a pretty good job at it. So, so -hmm. far, Mm -hmm. Um, I think the domain that I think spoke to me the most is the most alien domain in this entire book, which is the Blutspur.
2: Uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: where you're, it's like, there's an overmind that's controlling thousands of elithids that are like toiling underground. Like, yeah, it's, mm. it, like mm. it's, it's a realm of madness and, uh, and, uh, it, it, you know, but I loved some of the like ways of like kind of bringing it in. Like you, there was the adventure table where it was like, oh, you're, uh, deep diving a cave and suddenly you're, you're in Blutspur, Like, yes. Mm-hmm. or or your um or you just like come across an alien spacecraft basically in in that's kind of crawling with these uh different elithids and creatures and stuff so Mm -hmm. um i i think that was probably my my favorite like i I was like oh maybe that one
1: (laughs) yeah i liked in the carnival one when i was reading through it too because i immediately was just like carnival so i think it's funny that paul and i at the (laughs) exact same time were just like the carnival there's so much you can do in it there's like yeah so um i liked that the the dark lord is a sword named nepenthe yeah so (laughs) i was like the dark lord's actually not a human humanoid like creature or anything like that it's a Not sword the
2: person wielding the sword it is the sword
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, I thought that was a pretty fun take on that so um i liked that they had the the setup for the hall of horrors because as a carnival i mean you can have a sideshow but that goes into what jess was saying is a lot of the body horror genre goes to some really problematic places so just yeah. making sure that you don't go there when you're setting up the hall of horrors i thought that was pretty cool
0: yeah, and that's uh, – it's it's great that um, – yeah, but this kind of – our opinions kind of show the diversity of these domains, right? Because mm-hmm. we there are so many different ones. And then there's like little seed domains behind this. So like you – there's like 10 or so seed domains that you could just kind of fill out that might be evocative of certain movies or franchises or other things that you, mm-hmm. could be really easy to like, oh, yes, well, it's this, clearly. So – yeah, I, I kind of like Darkon as well. I think that was yeah. that was kind of fun. The whole th- whole place is just breaking apart after its Dark Lord figured out how to ascend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which one was the one that had the masquerade was one of the like activities. Um, was that Darkon? No. No. Uh What's
0: that, the name of there, that one.
1: There's I like a c- there's,
0: there's a city. It's like just the whole domain yeah, is just a a tiny one
1: tiny
2: domain. domain.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. uh Dement De Montlieu. De, Mont-Lieu. De Mont-Lieu. Yeah. Right, which is kind um, of in the same vein as uh, Richmulo is kind of that same kind of aristocratic, uh, kind of uh, vaguely French, vaguely Louisiana kind of thing going on.
1: When I was reading that, that's when Jess and I were talking about this kind of just not even studying. We just talk about this kind of stuff at home a lot. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> we're saying that. Uh, this would be really fun to take labyrinth and put into it. And I'm pretty sure they, I think we talked about this last time. I'm sure they have a labyrinth RPG because everything. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a gorgeous, but this would be fun to make your own. You could make your own. And labyrinth is a a
2: domain. Let's be serious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was, that was a lot of fun to kind of discuss and talk about too. Yeah.
0: And then there's like the survival horror zombie domain and the, yeah, i obviously. i did find mm-hmm. the you know they had the like uh they had kind of the egyptian domain and it was like mm, really yeah. are we still doing this guys I, you mm-hmm. know eh, mummy domain yeah. like eh, that one was like I, you probably should have just cut that one that one that one's got didn't issues
1: <laughs> try that already i feel like that was something that they had kind of done before and it didn't really go all that well but i can't remember the name of it right now
0: yeah.
3: Yes, I suspect it's coming from they're wanting to hit all of the classic monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to have a werewolf domain, you want to have a vampire domain, and you want to have mm-hmm. a mummy domain, and
0: mm-hmm. right, yeah, A ghost domain, and then you have the Chinese domain, which I was mm-hmm. like, well, seems okay, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I'm not one to speak on it, but but yeah, it just there's just a vast quantity like you could run for years just out of this book like you, you could just yeah. run campaign after campaign after mm-hmm. campaign of ravenloft domains mm-hmm. and then it all shuts down they all invade your world when you're at 20th level and you got to yeah. deal with it they,
2: they even have it. this slasher
0: <laughs> one yeah
1: they had a slasher one like just was yeah saying. that was the the
2: hunter uh mm-hmm. the dark lord is shakuna and it's just you're 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 being hunted it's human hunting grounds mm-hmm. humanoid hunting grounds
0: i'm su- i'm surprised you didn't say the uh the bard domain uh ashley
1: <laughs> any domain is a bard domain if you really uh, Harkon believe. i think <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but no this one is very specific about like mm-hmm. everyone is a performer everyone is a you know trying mm-hmm. to reach the top yeah. and everyone's looking for the latest greatest thing. So maybe that's the nightmare yeah. version of your bard domain, I guess, but yeah.
1: Probably. It <laughs> sounds yeah, sounds There's like the, it. The Frankenstein domain. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I really think it would be fun like you were saying you could play for years and years out of this book if somehow you had a group of people that were like uh able to get in and out of the mists Easily, or something, there's something about them, like, of some kind. I know, if only, <laughs> right? Um, but or, where like your campaign is you have little mini arcs where you're in this domain and then you leave and then you end up in this domain somehow. And yeah. like you can just go through all of the different domains and have this really long, just very different campaign. Like it's varied.
3: God, Paul. If you were part of a carnival, they can move through this. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yep. Then you can go have a little mini city's adventure, but then because your domain lord is cursed to attract unwanted attention and badness if you stay too long, bad mm-hmm. things happen and you have to move
2: on to the next one.
1: Yeah, that would be a really fun, just like a long-term campaign to do, I think. That'd be awesome.
2: Yeah, And they they plant a couple of different factions in here who are able to travel through the mists. Uh, you could do it either by talismans, uh, like an amulet or something like that, like that, or the Vistani, they go into a little more uh, generalized background of the Vistani and, and how and why they move around. Um, but then also, spoiler alert, shut your ears for 10 seconds. I really liked how they said the keepers of the feather are actually omnipresent throughout the different domains. And it's it's a vast network and they're not just in Barovia.
0: Well, yeah, I think that they mentioned that in the intro, I think, well, they mentioned it somewhere early on and then they kind of have a whole chapter about it later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's like, oh, I just want to say magic. How does it even work? But,
2: um, I no logic,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so it yeah, they,
2: not
0: yeah, they just have like just it's basically like two thirds of this book is domains, yes. and
2: mm-hmm. which is great. I like this one, Odare. Oh, it's just they have a, a section that's just tiny little blurbs that aren't even in depth in depth, but it's just dozens of, of domains. Oh, is uh, evil toys and a village of children. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, that that seems like, that seems like somebody's jam, like real quick. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, um, and then, so we've got the domains and then we've got like, kind of, um, Yeah, God, it just keeps going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the domain section is huge.
2: And then this section about, like like we were saying earlier, travelers and people, uh, NPCs that you might encounter, factions that you might uh, encounter or can be a part of that can travel through the mists and why they do so.
0: Yeah, and and there was like, I started reading some of these and the first one's like basically Sherlock Holmes and I was like, "Mm, okay, guys, Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah and they they get you know you get the the keepers of the feather and you get the Vistani as as mm-hmm. more as sort of um more fleshed out i think which is yeah. great and then yeah then it's the the kind of wonders or the mist uh the people you would see kind of in the greater meta plot of Ravenloft, which you know it but they're, you know, they're not stat. They're. I think they just kind of mention what they would be, which is great. I think is like you could just ignore that and just do whatever you want with those. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then we get like chapter four, which is about running horror adventures. So that's like your advice chapter, which I think is yeah, a-
2: it's great. Yeah,
0: yeah, they really do a good job of uh, mm-hmm. understanding and and setting expectations, and then like how to set up a, a play space. Even like ask yeah. people like, would you are you okay with having music during your game? Like because there are some people that have uh, you know hearing issues that sometimes having music in the background makes it very difficult to hear mm-hmm. what's something going on. So
2: I or, like to have a whole. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, uh, and the uh, people that, you know, have issues with uh, incense or big smells, yeah. like I would be like, yes, mm-hmm. I do not want to have incense, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly because I don't like it. And also because my sinuses don't like it. So, <laughs>
2: yes. I like this. Uh, they have a couple of pages on pacing and describing horror. So things like undermining reality. Idle uneasiness, having just enough hope, playing with reliability and trust, like different things that can really spook your players. um, Things that I I wouldn't necessarily think of uh, as somebody who's been only running the one campaign for a year and a half, but I haven't delved too much into other types of horror. But this would be immensely helpful in planning out sessions and little moments to freak out (laughs) my group. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think like even just like having the players do having the players do something multiple times and then come out different is also one of those things I think that kind of mentions yeah. is, mm-hmm. is 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 because it's nightmare physics. Not everything happens the exact same way every time, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, you know the sanity of this place is low. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: playing that with reliability, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And then it kind
0: of go ahead. Sorry.
2: Like this, uh, one of the the horror pacing things is out of time. When the time for action comes, make your narr- narration feel urgent. Speak quickly and in short bursts. Focus less on senses and more on descriptions of impact. A splash of crimson. Who knows where it came from? Split characters' attention. Like these are these are things that you can. These are actionable pieces of advice.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Not just go watch like six movies and then try to run it. <laughs>
2: it yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Yeah. And they, it, they give you a, a toolkit of horror things like curses, like how to do curses without, without being, you know, to, yeah. you know, the, there are issues with curses, obviously, but like using this kind of guidelines, I think they did a pretty good job, uh, kind of navigating that and being able to use it. Uh, cause it's, it's kind of an important part of, uh, folk horror and a bunch of other like genres of horror. So
1: And I like that in the list of they have a huge list of um, like an adventure flowchart. And um, when it comes to things that they're coming across, they've got box text for all of it. So you're talking
2: about the actual adventure at the end.
1: Oh, is that the actual venture? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they got an adventure box text in the adventure, yeah. isn't that awesome?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I
1: went too far. Yeah, it's fine. We
0: we all went too far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you got fear and stress, which is really great if you want to have a system for uh, that. Uh, they give you a they give you a little something, not not yeah. nearly Indeed. as in depth in a lot of other games of this kind of you know horror, but. It, it gives you something. Right. So. Mm-hmm.
2: It gives you something, again, to hang your hat on. A little bit of a framework so you can uh, you can role play through these things. Because the, the fear and stress section is largely role play. There are some, you can suggest mechanical consequences, but it's mostly just uh, for the role play aspect.
0: Yeah, and, and you've got traps, which I don't know if mm-hmm. you really even... <laughs> traps
1: picture on page 197 because one of the traps they have is um it's a haunted trap faceless malice yep. fuck that like <laughs> just like fuck that anyway but then the picture that they have oh my god like that was a whole episode of doctor who <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm pretty sure that was a nightmare episode that i saw of like the twilight zone back when i was a kid yeah yeah but yeah yeah
0: but you know so they they're... have
1: that and then mm-hmm. go ahead I'd say they have they have the traps and then they have like the survivors and yeah how to use yeah. that too. survivors
2: are are mini characters if you don't want to flesh out a full character they they say that you can build a survivor for short one to three session campaigns uh, for instance the adventure in the back called the house of lament yes <laughs> which is what Ashley was looking at
1: earlier. <laughs> They have an adventure in here. That's crazy. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They have an adventure. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and and it's, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that the, that's, I think that would be for those people that really don't want to have the kind of like power game, power arc, like going with the survivors instead, if they wanted to still experience this content is Mm -hmm. probably a really great way. Like, cause that's one of the things that like you can get into, like, well, I'm like fifth level, what are you going to do to me? You know, like, (laughs) I know there are things you can do, but it's just one of those things where, like, there are a lot of people that think fifth edition is, and it really kind of is, is it's hard to kill people, it's hard to harm people, hard to feel effects from things. But it, because it's a power fantasy, but putting the, you know, making the players play survivors and having these kind of, like, lower level, like, having just what you need to play these kind of horror, uh, genres, I think would is, is a good move to my, in my opinion, but
2: yeah, very cool.
0: Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the house of lament, which I did not read because maybe someone will run it someday, but, uh, does anybody, yeah. have Apparently any I
1: opinion? didn't either. <laughs>
2: Same. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's
1: mm-hmm.
2: to sum it up. It is, uh, a haunted house built around seances.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So it, it, it's kind of like you, you had Murder House in the Strahd book, right? Right. And then you have House of Lament here. So you have yes. two small, like, easy one-to-two-shot sure. one, one to two yeah. Shot, uh, adventures.
2: Yeah, they're both designed to ca- take your characters to level three. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, this is the, uh, the flowchart that she was talking about
0: yeah i really like that as a as a a, a a method of like saying well this is going to happen and then this is going to happen because the player characters i mean they might be able to avoid something but it's still like there's a timeline of things that are going to happen Important. so it's sort yeah, of yeah. mm-hmm. event-based uh games as opposed to push uh, pull games um so yeah i mean it's a you know it's got lots of uh pole coats uh <laughs> and then we got the monsters yes which uh new monsters i think uh really uh kind of has some some uh, some much needed new uh horror monsters for 5th edition in it this
2: is it- the, this is the first image i saw w- when this book was being advertised and it's still my favorite monster
1: in the book yeah, yeah that one's These kind indics. of a very
0: gaunt figure uh, with long mm-hmm. long arms and long fingers yeah, kind yep. of like hair draped over its face like with one kind of gleaming eye yeah mm-hmm. no that, it, it it was very much like uh you know and it doesn't have a it does it doesn't have any stats it's just the picture oh, on the unique create unique yep. nightmares yeah. uh page so mm-hmm.
1: it's yeah, called the bagman bagman
0: the <laughs> bagman which I don't know. Is is there a stat line for it?
2: Which it's not does, a sap lock. Um, no, which is good. Just, just I like that. Yeah. Well, because it has the the first part of the monster chapter is how to create your own monsters.
0: <laughs> right. Which mm-hmm. is great. That that advice for that sort of thing is is much needed. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And uh, right. it's like you don't have to use the monsters manual.
2: Mm-hmm. Here's
0: how to do it, and then give them. You know. Uh, Give them, give them interesting monsters after that. Like, I think the, the little, like a hairless kitty monster, maybe my uh, favorite in the, uh, because those things are creepy in real life.
2: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Magic eating cats.
0: Yeah. Uh, Or like basically the Jason, the relentless killer, which is basically Jason. Uh, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. That would be good for like the hunting domain. The one where you're being hunted. That would be. Yeah, a good monster for that.
0: Oh, and we it know has even how to create more of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jess, I hate the boneless. Hate the boneless so much. It's so, <laughs> Why? so so pretty? Disturbing and awful. And I could totally easily slip that into the carnival domain because mm-hmm. um, when you've got the hall of horrors, this could easily be something that's in there. So setting up an encounter, encounter with something like this. Well, like when you walk in, they say not to touch anything, you know, you're not supposed to touch the stuff that's in there. And so if you do, the boneless comes out or something, you know, so that could easily be something that attacks the adventures and the Hall of Horrors because and, it's horrible.
0: Yeah. And uh, there's a shout out to uh, or at least a homage to Lovecraft in here with the Star Spawn Emissary. Um mm. So
1: there's a lot of Lovecraftian stuff and things that they're doing like. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. well it's it's a public domain so you can do whatever you want
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: so all right well i think that that's the book uh what are what uh, go with uh final thoughts here as we we wrap up uh this uh reading of von richten's guide to ravenloft uh paul you've been quiet for a minute
3: Thing that I was struck by with it is this reminds me of a fifth edition updated version of what I called Donut Ravenloft, which was the second edition campaign setting for Ravenloft. The reason why it's called Donut is because they had a map of Ravenloft and there was a big hole in the middle of it and it looked like a donut. <laughs> At least that's why I call it Donut Ravenloft. Um, I think a lot of people that grew up with that Ravenloft. I think will like this. That are now, if you're now playing Five E, I think you'll like it. I think it gives you everything you need, it gives you guidance, but it doesn't lock you into anything, which is exactly what I'm looking for. I like it. It's supplement. Yeah, okay. I agree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Go. Actually. I would say
1: I agree. I think that again, someone who it, horror is not my jam. Um, I've been pretty open about that forever because I'm a child. So uh horror is not really something I enjoy a whole lot, but reading this actually got me excited to get into something. Like it gave me ideas and how to do it. And even someone who has never played in this sandbox, I have a very clear idea of if I were going to do it. I could set up an entire campaign using this book. It, it's just it's there's a lot of really good information, a lot of really good um training wheels and handholding to kind of like get you started. But there's so much room for you to do what you want and make it your own, so i I really like this book a lot.
2: This book gave me the tools because I, I specifically wanted this book because I wanted to get more out of the Strad book. and this this one gave me the tools to do exactly that. It's very it it was freeing. It gave me flexibility, so I could it gave me permission to do whatever I want, I guess, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um but also gave me enough tools and inspirational questions. The book is filled with questions that guide your, your world building rather than just here's a stat block. Um, So a lot of insightful uh, prompts and things that could really spur some creativity with, uh, with DMing in the future.
0: Indeed. And I really, as a, as a, as a pretty much lifelong fan of Ravenloft I had a pretty sizable collection of the second edition stuff. I, you know, I flipped through it. I, I was never like, I never really ran, uh, the earlier, uh, stuff, uh, just kind of enjoyed, uh, the, the feel of a lot of the, but this is, I think this is a, a welcome update to this material and, and, uh, really bringing it into the 21st century while giving it still giving it teeth. That's yeah. that's the that's the complaint by a lot of uh, detractors that that this stuff doesn't have teeth. Why would you play fifth edition? Is like no no, like if you follow a lot of the guidelines in here, you're going to creep the shit out of your players, and you're going to have a good time doing it. So, mm-hmm. uh, player characters, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 right. species, right? Um, I think that uh, I think. It's a if you're interested even a little bit, I think it might be a, a good book to pick up. Uh I you know, I think that there's uh plenty plenty of tools in here. If you weren't running it for fifth edition, you could run it for something else uh pretty yes. easily. So but that's yeah. uh that's kind of my, my final thoughts on Ravenloft. Um have a uh announcement is and this is the last episode of the year we're going on hiatus for a few months Uh, my job is uh, currently in deep overtime so I do not have uh, the bandwidth to continue with the show right at the moment so we're gonna go into winter hiatus this is if you've been around long enough this is the grand tradition of of the first second and third years of the show where they went on hiatus for the for december at least so um but yeah uh thank the patrons thank uh everybody here for coming uh and uh thank you for listening and and uh uh watching uh everybody uh have a good uh have a good winter
2: happy halloween
1: (laughs) bye Ah. happy
2: (laughs) Halloween.